this week in cyberspace. Brett Solomon, you've been to the 17th Internet Governance Forum, which has just wrapped up in the capital of Ethiopia, Addis Ababa, um, with a call to urgently connect the 2.7 billion people who are unconnected by increasing infrastructure investment, fostering digital literacy, harnessing advanced technologies, and building a safe and secure digital space where fundamental human rights are realised. So... Uh, How'd it go? You're still a little bit kind of <laughs> reeling from all of that? Yeah, well, as you say, it's the, the 17th uh, edition of the Internet Governance Forum. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, which is kind of crazy because I think we think of the Internet having always been here, but it hasn't. You know, there's only 20 <laughs> years of governance of the Internet and 40 years or so of the Internet. Um, you, you, you mentioned the point about connectivity, about the two point what seven, seven billion, billion. I mean, that's disconnected like a third of the world's population a third of the world's population I has never had the experience of connecting online and a lot Aren't of those people lucky? are women Aren't <laughs> they, they lucky, lucky? <laughs> <laughs> well i mean it is life-changing it's true you know like our whole experience of life changes once we're connected um you know it's the portal to all information, all knowledge, all everything, good and bad. Data, data, data. Exactly. And so, um, but it is true that a third of the world's population is offline. And so when we think about connectivity, obviously what the policymakers are looking for is universal connectivity so that everybody at least has the choice whether to be online or offline. Because as we move into, you know, this new era of digitalization, overthrowing everything if you're not digitalized yourself you're not connected then you know how do you how do you have a livelihood how do you have how do you make connections how do you express your identity etc um, and so that is one of the key things that was that was focused on at the internet governance forum this year um, which I went to and um, in Addis as you say which is Ethiopia kind of ironic I'd love to talk about the fact that you know uh, Ethiopia is also the home to the world's largest and longest running internet shutdown. Which we uh, talked about last which week, we discussed, which is in Tigray. Which is in Tigray. So that's two years of shutdowns two. in a northern Ethiopian province. Sure. And as you said last week, you know, that wasn't on the agenda. Did you manage to get it on the agenda yeah. at this point? Yeah, forum? yeah, yeah. We, d we talked in last week, just as I was heading to Ethiopia, it was like, are we going to be able to put the internet shutdown? Like, are we going to put the elephant in the room on the agenda <laughs> or are we going to just be stomped by it uh, as, <laughs> as it turned out we did manage to put it on the agenda i mean my organization access now has been campaigning to keep the internet open around the world and we've you know we've tracked 180 internet shutdowns in 2022 um, one of which is Tigray in Ethiopia, and that shutdown has been going for two years. Can you imagine, like two years without the internet? No data, no mobile, um, no accessing, you know, online platforms. Um, and so um, it's one of those things where, you know, you sort of need to be polite because I think as activists, we often, like, feel like if we make a lot of noise that we're actually having an impact, and sometimes that impact can be... Um, you know, can be negative, 
you can ha- make a lot of noise and you can actually push the decision maker further into the corner. And so we needed to be really careful about the way that we did it. Um, so we did a, we had a lot of bilaterals, which is like fancy word for, you know, two different groups coming together. So we had meetings. We did meet with the Minister for Communications and Technology. Um, we did ask a question. I myself asked a question at the big press conference. Um, following on, there was a fellow there from um, from. Um, Associated Press, who asked a question about, Minister, when are you, um, you know, can you tell us when you're going to be turning on the internet in Tigray? Because there's now a peace process between the country, between the two parties. Um, And so it's the perfect opportunity to turn the internet back on. And the minister said, yes, the plan is to bring back water, basic social services, the internet. And so, of course, you know, greedy me, I asked, could you please, with a follow-up question, which is, could you give us a timeline for turning the internet back on? And he said, there is no timeline. So the press that went around the world, the headline that came out of the conference was, Minister says no timeline for for resumption of Tigray's internet, which was kind of disappointing. There's been a lot of um, activity on Twitter, a lot of the head, like people, you know, sort of the... Um, the Secretary General of the UN and other delegations pressuring the Ethiopians to turn the internet back on, that this would have been a great opportunity at the conference to do so. Anyway, it didn't turn out, it turned out that they haven't. There's some sort of murmurings that little parts of the internet, parts of the internet sort of regionally are, are being turned back on. So we do think that this is a turning point. Um, you know, I think a lot of people don't really I mean, well, you know, in the Northern Rivers, people did experience when the internet went down. And you do experience when the internet goes down, like when your router's not working and you're kicking the box. And you have to play Scrabble. (laughs) And you have to play Scrabble, not online. Not online. Not words with friends. Yeah. And, you know, and people do know what it's like to have no internet. It's if if you've had it and it's taken away from you, is really traumatic. So there's the group of people who have never been on the internet, the third of the world's population. And then there's another group of people who have had the internet turned off. Mm. Okay, so this forum was organised by the UN and there was an overall theme of resilient internet for a shared, sustainable and common future. How did that... Um, how how did that, that even mean? What does it even mean and how did it play, especially, you know, when you have this elephant in the room, as you say. Um, so how did how did it play out when you were being all very polite and... Uh, <laughs> yeah, diplomatic. Diplomatic. Um well, I, you know, I start a lot of sentences with, I know that this is a sensitive topic. Would you mind if I talk with you for a minute about it? Which is always like, that's when people either like, you know, I'm bring their, actually a bit very busy. Very busy. <laughs> <laughs> or they take you into like a little private, you know, shield you in a little private corner and you chat. Um, but it's true that the, so the Internet Governance Forum is a, a range of issues. You know, it's on things like, um, well, one of the th- one of the things that we try to put on the agenda is that human rights should be at the very centre of all discussions about governance of the internet. Um, but there are lots of niche topics on everything from like encryption um, to cross border data flows um, to human rights due diligence. Like, there's a stack of different sessions. There's, I think there's about 400 sessions that happen at the Internet Governance Forum, and you have all of these delegations that are kind of wandering around, around like there with an agenda. Lots of regulators, um, companies that run like the radio towers and the submarine cables, um, ministers of communications and technology, the the UN system, the whole UN system. So it's the whole conference was actually in the United Nations building in Addis, which is like a big 
dinosaur in a way. So we put the elephant in the dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> There's like a big dinosaur of a building with all these different, you know, if you think of the image of like all these people sitting around with their country name in front of their desk, mm-hmm. it looks like that. Right. And they're talking about like how we're going to govern the internet. I said, think I said this last week maybe that like whoever governs the future mm. of the internet governs the future of the world. Yeah. And that's why there's so much interest in these conferences. That's why there was three or 4,000 people wandering around all being very busy trying to assert, you know, are we going to have a cyber crime treaty that manages cyber? Are we going to have rules that enable the cross flow of data between different jurisdictions? Um, what are the rules of war in cyberspace was also discussed there. Um, so many of these issues that are still, that is that are, emerging issues that we haven't actually got answers to yet. And one of the interesting things about this conference, like many others as well, it's actually about norm building. It's about like, we're in a, we understand how parliaments work. We understand roughly how democracies work, but we don't really know what, how the internet works, how the, I mean, how the global internet will impact democracies. This is one of the big things that's being discussed is like, we saw what happened with the US election and technology we're seeing the way in which fake news and disinformation can like dissolve you know the press in a way like influence shape the press the way that people understand things so these are some of the questions that are being discussed i know that people think about the internet as like damn my photo hasn't you know uploaded or downloaded or whatever but obviously this is like rebuilding and rethinking the governance of the digital infrastructure of the world. It's kind of crazy, isn't it? Like you said, it's only been around for you know a couple of decades, the internet. And uh, you know, people are riding it like a like cowboys all over the place. And there really, you know, needs to be some kind of governance model um, to protect users, to protect users' data. It was interesting that um, Africa or, or I guess Ethiopia was the site because um, Africa is perhaps the least connected region in the world. I think about 60% of the population are offline. Yeah. So how did the forum address that it, inequality? It, because I think about 44% of participants at the forum came from Africa. Yeah. Well, that's one of the interesting things is that when we say a third of the world's population is offline, that's like across the world. But some countries have got 90% of the population offline. And that means like six or eight percent of the population is online. And you can imagine who that is. That's like, you know, the rich and the powerful. Essentially, Mm. it's not the rural. You mentioned the gender divide. Like often when we think about global digital divide or digital divide, it has a gendered element to it. So, you know, women are much less likely to be online and also to have much dumber technology. At, in, at their fingertips, i.e., they're not, they don't have access to the new smarter technologies that often men have. So, you know, this is this this issue of, um, and that's why it's important for the event to be in Africa as well, because um, to to draw attention to that. But at the same time, what's incredible about many developing countries is that they have actually just leapfrogged us. You know, they've leapfrogged leapfrogged the West because they haven't had to deal with like, you know, plug-in routers and broadband. They've just gone straight to mobile. And so mobile enables like, you know, cash payments. It enables access to markets. So farmers have incredible information as to, you know, the weather and the price of a market in this place or that place. All of this information that just meant that um, telehealth and, and telemedicine has been an unbelievable boon for 
for Africa and for for the global south in inverted commas because it's actually put people you know directly in contact with medical professionals that they haven't had that kind of access before and you know I think during the pandemic we've seen that so you know many of these issues did have an African flavor to them at the conference and um, and that's important because often it's like you know tech bros in Palo Alto in Silicon Valley that are making decisions when actually the consequences are for a global population. So the the United Nations Secretary General put out a report last year called Our Common Agenda and um, in that were, were themes from the forum that were taken from the Global Digital Compact. So yes. can you just explain what that is, <laughs> I, the GDC? I'll try. I mean, it's a compact I'll tr- to I'll... be agreed at at the summit of the future yeah. in yeah. September 23. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> the summit of the future next year so, sounds pretty intense. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's super complex. But mm. I, the, I think the key thing is that everybody can see how current infrastructure is not governing the world in a satisfactory manner. Like we can't come to conclusion on like proper proper climate response. We've got, you know, Russia invading Ukraine and like no proper international humanitarian response to that. So like there's all this stuff that's happening, crashing and banging. Um, And so, as I say, like there's an attempt within the UN system to get a handle on governance of the internet, which is disrupting everything from, as we've mentioned, from di- diplomacy to, 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 to public health. And so the Secretary General, as you say, put out a report on the 75th anniversary of the UN, which is called Our Common Agenda. And in it, there's a paragraph which says, you know, ye shall <laughs> all gather around this global digital compact. And that would be presented at the Summit of the Futures, which is going to be at the end of next year, I think. So, so that's an attempt to try to get universal collective understanding of what are the rules of, that would govern the internet. Now, in a way, I don't want to be too you know, um, harsh to the Secretary General, but it feels a little bit like, like another set of principles, another set of norms, and meanwhile, Rome burns, you mm, know, yeah. like, wouldn't it be better to put that energy into like, how do we tackle the plague of disinformation? How mm. do we ensure that we get that extra third of the world's population online? Um, how are we going to deal with the protection of our privacy in the age of surveillance? Like these are really, really important topics that are burning right now. And many of the things that were discussed at the Internet Governance Forum, he is trying the Secretary General to put that into a document. The real problem with that is, is that we have countries like China, like Russia, I'm not talking about the people, I'm talking about the governments, Mm. who are so hell-bent on controlling the internet that what we're going to get to is a lowest common denominator. Instead of how do we ensure that human rights apply online, we're going to be working out how do we protect what we already have from some of those governments that want to control the internet and actually take away control from their citizens. And that's the beautiful thing about the internet is it gives should give us power back, right? It should give it should be citizens of the of the internet, citizens of the world. Those countries don't want that and the global comp, the global digital compact is at risk. So we should track that very closely going forward. Okay, let's just do exactly that. <laughs> uh, fresh from the 17th Internet Governance Forum in Addis Ababa, Brett Solomon, CEO of accessnow.org. Thanks again for talking with us Thank uh, you. on Thanks This Week time. in Cyberspace. Yeah.